Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Suttala. I'm Casey McBride. And special guest, Jameson. And we're here with another fun episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. And thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Jameson, for being on again. It was so fun to connect with you last week and uh, just hear a little bit about your story of how you came into all this craziness. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me. Uh, so last week we were kind of, um, we had started with the topic of Norse mythology because Jameson has a lot of um, uh, uh, background in researching that. And then later after his awakening um, had uh, uh, become or uh, discovered himself as a practicing Norse pagan, correct? Yes, sir. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so that was what we had started with. But then we kind of got into the topic of awakening and all kinds of other fun stuff. So uh, we're just kind of going to flow where, wherever spirit decides to take us today. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so I guess I, I, I was curious to hear a little bit more about... Um, Speaking of the Norse pagan uh, uh, stuff, what uh, what does that mean for you on like a daily basis? Uh, and I know you say you just try to honor the gods as much as possible. What are some things that you do in order to uh, uh, respect uh, your practices day to day? Well, it's mostly like on a spiritual level where I like in my daily thought process, I give thanks to Odin, Freya, and go about my day with just trying to think of think of them and bring them into my life as I go about my day. Um, I also tend to like spend a little time with my shrine and like just give thanks uh, every so often, put a cup of ale up there and, you know, and, like I collect like gemstones and herbs and all kinds of things. So like my uh, shrine is quite the cluster F. <laughs> it's literally, I've got gold, silver, platinum, all kinds of herbs and crystals and, little things that I feel that would be just to honor them and be there. I've got a Ruby like this big that I got like a couple, like a couple months ago. And I was just like, okay, it's like, I can either put this in my safe or ah, it looks good here. <laughs> and for my own knowledge, I'm assuming that a shrine is that akin to an altar. I am assuming it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. And, and part of the altar space too is uh, it's twofold. One is to honor the deities and whatever guides and spirits you might be working with. But the other is you're kind of alluding to it already with all the gemstones and the herbs and things that you put creating a space where it helps to raise our vibration uh, to alter our state of consciousness and be able to connect better. Right. Right. And you know, it's, it's funny because I was never a person to have a shrine and like, <laughs> it was literally like one, like as I went through my spiritual awakening, and realized that like my thought process was no longer like in like the Christian mindset, as it would be said, it literally came to me one day that this is appropriate and I have all the things I need to make this happen. And it felt so right and so good to make this little shrine for them. And like, I still have like other, th like other deities in my shrine. Like I have like pictures of Buddha. I have like a, a cross that was made from nails like up there so there's other like you know religion religious connotations to my shrine but it's mainly for the norse gods 
Now, I have a question for you, for both of you, actually. Um, when it comes to like making offerings on your altar or shrine, um, <laughs> this is something I, I've... Uh, sometimes I don't know what to do, but when you make an offering, what do you... Blood you, you sacrifice. Just... <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, okay. Just not, don't worry, not your blood, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the, do you just leave the offering there for a while, and then what do you do with it after? Like, say, like you said, ale. Do you then like drink that after a certain amount of time, or do you dump it out, or what do you do with it afterwards? Yeah, it's no, it's um, I when I was really wondering about that because like you don't want these things to go to waste, and like one of the as I was like doing research on like best ways to give offerings, it's, it specifically says don't let these things go to waste. Like if you were to do like you know a blood sacrifice, a goat or something, you're it's meant for you to eat afterwards. You're just like paying homage to them and what they give to you and then of course partaking in it um some people feel it's necessary to like pour it out to the earth a little bit um i found that it just felt right to you know leave it out for like five ten minutes as long as my my heart felt right for it and then me and ivy would split it and just give our thanks and um yeah it's like you don't want things to go to waste because the whole point of that is to for it not to go to waste, it's for it's for thanking them for these things, and then you want to make sure that it's used the way they would want it to be used. Well, for me, like I offer some of my deities rum. Uh, Shango likes rum or Papa Legba. They have all different things that they like, coffee and things. And after it sits on the altar for a bit, I take it out and I usually uh, gift it to a tree or somewhere out in my yard to some sort of nature uh, spirits and things like that. So I, I just like, I'm not like pouring it down the drain or something like that. I'm actually going and gifting it to nature. Great, great. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I I feel. Like some people may feel different, but that's exactly how I feel that right. an offering should be made. Or at an ancestor altar, this is more um, from uh, Hoodoo uh, traditions or whatnot. You would maybe make a spirit plate for an ancestor, and you would put whatever their favorite meal is. Uh, but you don't just leave it to waste either. You would end up taking that and putting it out in the nature and let the animals come and have it. Uh, so great. like, there's you're still not even in that context, not wasting it. And one note on blood sacrifice, since we kind of were saying it in just a little bit most of the time in ancient traditions where there is a sacrifice it's what there's a big gathering of people and you have to feed the people as well so though they say sacrifice it's not a sacrifice in the way of hey we're just killing something for the heck of it it's like we're doing this to honor the spirits and we're feeding the people that came to partake in the ceremony so it's yep. like twofold nothing being wasted or anything like that or just to kill for the purpose of killing right right exactly and that, that's exactly that's not the purpose to just like kill for killing or sacrifice for waste no 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 it's i think it's much more uh spiritual than like physical right but if, i know some people just joining us who are maybe watching us for the first time that might be like something <laughs> way out of the context like what are these crazy people talking about yeah no i i do not do any like personal any type of like sacrifice in those kind of lines i found that it's really not necessary if you look if you look into what your god cares about or likes and they're like instead of like blood and meat you can do honey like they love honey and especially freya it's a very common thing to give her honey instead of like oh let's kill a goat no i'm, I'm i like animals way too much for that i couldn't imagine like actually doing something like that i think right. in context of like using blood for anything i think the only time i would even think about that is if i was making my own runes and that would be like a, a drop in the ink I used to like carve into the runes. Other than that, I 
couldn't imagine like here's a whole bowl of blood (laughs) that seems a little crazy to create a context around the runes that's more because you're adding part of your own vibration to the runes it's representation of that more so than that um exactly yeah okay yeah, just putting it together because uh, we could have a whole episode actually. Well, maybe this is last week's episode. We just kind of had them switched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm curious about the uh, the runes thing because you 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 work with runes a little bit yourself, right, Jameson? Yeah. And then yeah, I know Hank. Hank, that was what sort of was one of your first divination tools. It was, and I couldn't, I don't remember much about it, but it was a stepping stone for me to go from where I was at to the I Ching and then to other other tools and things. But it, it sung to my soul because there were so many correlations with Christianity religions and so much overlap that it kind of created like this kind of bridging space for me to kind of get okay with um, stepping out of what I was taught and, and all that. So it was an essential part for me. Mm. Right, right. And like with uh, like similarities, like if you look into the whole idea of the blood sacrifice, that's exactly what Christians do in church every single Sunday. Like, here's the blood of Christ. Here's the body of Christ. That's literally their form of a blood sacrifice. And it's right there. They're, the similarities are just uncanny. <laughs> And I remember, uh, I don't, well, I know you have, Jameson, but uh, uh, in the show Vikings, I know uh, a lot of that is actually based on um, uh, what was what we know about the history of uh, their culture. And um, they, uh, they did a great job in that show of really showing the parallels between the um, yeah. spiritual practices of both like the Anglo-Saxon Christians and the, um, and the Vikings. And, um, and, uh, I had thought prior to watching that series, and again, I don't know, maybe they just did it for the series, but maybe you could talk a little bit more on this. But um, uh, I had always thought that the similarities were because the Christians, when they sort of, um, I don't even know the history all that well at all, but uh, they sort of assimilated those uh, practices but of, uh, for that came from uh, you know, Norse paganism and then said, okay, no, it's not this God or whatever, it was Jesus and just like transposed everything and like sort of assimilated it. Um, uh, but the way I, they portrayed it in that series was that these parallels were there before any of that happened, like when they were completely separate as far as like Odin, um, you know, hanging himself on a cross and, and Jesus being hung on a cross and like many other things. So I don't know, maybe you can touch on that a little bit more. Um, there, I definitely, definitely believe that the Christians were, trying so hard to assimilate other cultures and other like um, worship from other belief systems. Then there definitely is, there's, there's no way that they didn't. They were, that went, especially because the Romans, they conquered almost all of the known world and they had so many religions to start to bring into their belief system when they became Christian. And like, to Christianize, they were like, okay, we can't just be like, no, this is exactly what happened. They're like, we got to help kind of, yeah, oh, you guys do that? Yeah, we do that for our God too. And like, that's where you get like Christmas, uh, like all the different like holidays, Christian holidays, is they were all based off of other pagan beliefs, like so much. <laughs> it's, it's, like yeah. Easter is based on when the full moon hits after the first, after the solstice or something like that. It, it, yep. That's why it moves all the time, which is really rooted more in uh, paganism. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, like the egg and the bunny, those are all like, those are all um, beliefs for fertility. And those come from the, the old pagan belief, which I don't believe is 
Norse, but um, like the paganism of, of Eastern Europe, like in England, and like they um, would worship. God, what is it called? Well, I thought there was a Norse reference. Uh, uh, Eastern oh, there, oh, there definitely is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But the like the Easter itself came from like a fertility rite that like they would um, the sacrifice was a virgin would mate with um, their high like a high priest or king. And she was a priestess, and it's uh, God, just, uh, Druidism. It's in Druidism. And, like, uh, I just can't remember the name of the – it's going to bother me now because I was literally just reading about this, like, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it has to do with, like, the solstice and the sun and, like, going into, like, um, summer and, like, the last days of the cold and going into spring. Um yeah, it'll pop in my head like tomorrow when I don't read it anymore. I remember uh, uh, this past uh, Christmas, I was reading about um, some of the, I don't know in, in which pagan uh, culture it was where we're from, but uh, there was uh, the whole like Santa coming down the chimney thing was um, these spirits. Uh, I, oh, now I've started to explain that and I realize I really don't remember what I'm talking about. Um, but it was something akin to like, as the um, as the sun is then like now on its return, then these uh, certain spirits would like come down the chimneys and like leave some kind of like offerings or something or gifts. And there was, and again, just like that's where the like coming down the chimney thing came from. And then other aspects like the flying reindeers. I know that's a whole interesting topic about like the Amanita yeah. muscaria mushroom. Yes. <laughs> and that's why it makes them fly, right? <laughs> well, for those people to create context, what there's a mushroom that is, um, it causes people to enter into a certain type of space, but it's toxic. But if you drink the urine from a reindeer after they eat the mushroom, then it's not toxic and you get the effects without having to, die uh, so i don't recommend anybody do that but that's where flying reindeer um <laughs> that the whole concept one of the possible possible places that it came from and also the, the red nose thing is the mushrooms have this red color and so yeah and the, they would, the and they, um, and they reindeer that eat them their noses do actually turn red because they get addicted to the mushroom and so like they can't stop eating it so it's, it's kind of like so rudolph was an addict <laughs> but, and also they grow underneath uh, evergreen trees a lot of times and that's yeah. where the presence under the tree that, that you would find those and it was like a gift from the divine that you had this um this gift that was going to help you connect and that type of thing so there's a lot of references and even the red coat i believe that the shaman tradition of the Siberian region of Russia, that was one of the types of things that they would uh, wear. Uh, so like the Santa Claus with the red suit, there's all kinds of different references threaded throughout all the different traditions. Oh, so many, so it's many. So like amazing. the number of reindeer is the lakes of, uh, of Odin's horse. As like, there's so many, many things. Like they're leaving a gift like cookies and like milk. That was a, like an old pagan, Norse pagan ritual too, that on the like winter solstice they would leave gifts for the for odin and he would because he would see these gifts he would leave presents for the little kids it's amazing when you really start to d dive into it there's like this whole rabbit hole of you know uh, and, and and these are things that a lot of people whether they're religious and christian or not you know we still in the united states at least practice uh or celebrate um 
you know, Christmas and Easter and all these various holidays. And, um, you know, when you really start to look into it, again, it's, it's just a whole rabbit hole of, uh, you know, how all this stuff came to be. And um, uh, I think it's a really cool area to start to um, open the mind a little bit and, and start to open certain people up to like different ways of thinking. Um, but um, yeah, but I'm glad that, that we have this information now. Um, because I think that it, it is inspiring a lot of people like you, James. Well, I mean, I'm sure you didn't come about it this way, or you could have, I don't know. But um, I know there's so many people who um, really resonate with the energy of these old traditions. And um, if uh, this sort of information wasn't out there, maybe a lot of people wouldn't discover that and they would just feel sort of like lost and they wouldn't have, um, uh, you know, that sort of way of practicing and honoring the divine that really resonates with them. So. I and so I think awesome. it's a great way to bring other religions into the spiritual with each other. Like yeah. um, finding out that like, we're not out there to destroy your spirituality. And like a lot of like misconceptions happen, especially with the Christians conquering the world, trying to remove other religions specifically. But like in the day and age now where we are, where spiritual is something for everyone. We, with all this new information, we can realize that all of these are connected, that we're all connected and that we're not meant to like destroy each other's belief systems. We're supposed to like respect their belief systems so that we can all grow as one spirit and move forward in life and find more ways of helping each other. And there's nothing wrong with anybody believing what they believe unless you're literally killing people for your religion, which is exactly what a lot of religions did when, and it was terrible, terrible times. Like, I always laugh when people are like, oh, well, the, the Islam is hey, is doing a holy war on the Christian world. It's like you do realize that the Crusades happened for 400 years and we were the terrorists, right? Like we literally went there specifically <laughs> to destroy their world for 400 years. Their holy war has been going for maybe 20. And it's like, yeah, it's been a lot longer than that. But there was it's just realizing that like a lot of this special carnage in war is caused because of previous crimes made upon their religion. And we've got to get past that. Oh, and that's where bridging from religion to spirituality is really key. Cause religion, like whatever you're called to, to connect is kind of like a set of tools or whatnot, but the spirituality is the direct dialogue itself right. uh, with whatever, whatever calls to you. And you may, might be surprised because I was raised Lutheran and I call myself a recovering Lutheran. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and then the next thing you know, I'm getting into shamanism and then following uh, one of the African traditions and uh, working with the Orishas and stuff like that. It was not even in my field of, of possibility uh, 10 years ago that, right. that would be how I was connecting and how divinity would. And, you know, I actually got from spirit that the reason that it started to come to me through the African spirits was because I had no knowledge of it at all. And I had a clean slate and I was specifically told, don't go get learning about this. Now we'll teach you everything you need to know. I'm like, okay. Uh, that is so amazing. I'm like, absolutely. I know like a lot about different religions and cultures. I want to know more about the African like belief system. And like, they're just such a beautiful culture with like amazingly gorgeous beliefs and what they do yeah. but i know nothing about it yeah. and, and perhaps one of the oldest religions and cultures or so uh, things of spirituality on the planet it may be yeah. the oldest if not the oldest or one of the oldest i should say and there's even in the uh case you appreciate this with the uh, shamanic apprenticeship program that we're starting for the south american traditions there's even influences in that tradition from africa so like how connected was the world back then from whatever however means um 
it could be connected way back then that there was already influences, uh, you know, thousands of years ago from all the different places in the world. Oh, it's so right. amazing. And um, yeah, uh, now, Hank, I'm just curious, um, is that something that you learned from Zane? Uh, the Yeah, um, the, the uh, there's a, a particular type of um, protective medallion that has correlations to some of the African traditions that we learn. Okay. And uh, I know, like, uh, for me, that's one of the things I'm, I'm having to um, show my internal restraint for is that I'm, I'm, we just had our first like <laughs> night of ceremony with this uh, this tradition that I'm learning, like the, the Caddo traditions and the Peruvian shamanism. And um, I did that first ceremony and it was so powerful for me. And I wanted to like, I just wanted to like buy books and like and read everything I could about it. But um, spirit was like, no, don't like, you know, just experience this firsthand first, you know, have the raw experience with it. And then if you want to develop the yep. conceptual knowledge afterwards, then then, then you can. And, and I'll tell you what, I picked up some books after uh, Zane's, I took his, uh, the apprenticeship twice and then the masterclass once before I even picked up a book. Uh, and I found like this, this book thing of four books that had a lot of the information that had come into class, but then a lot of other new stuff and at night the carol came to me and they were like they made that up we didn't say that they totally changed that and they were actually telling me from the book that i read what was what and what was true what wasn't true what they said what they didn't say and they're like we don't even know where they came up with that and it was like really because <laughs> there was like one thing where you have to take each stone and you put it in a little bag and you have two extras and they have carnations in those and then depending which hand the person uses to pick up which bag and what stone it is it tells you all this information they're like we we never said any of that <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Caddo uh, have showed up for me right after our first ceremony, or I should say, they invited me to come along with them on a journey. <laughs> um, but they've been popping up like uh, 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 throughout the days from time to time, and oh my gosh, just their the energy of keeping like the playfulness um, alive is is so incredible. Um, but it seems like they're very willing, not just in person, but in spirit to really help those who are interested in, in actually learning. Like they're just ready to help us to step out of our current paradigms and wake up to the sacred play of their traditions. Absolutely. It's so much fun. I, I haven't watched the video you made of it yet, but I'm looking forward to of diving into your full experience with that. Oh yeah. And they, they still like, they just this morning were popping in and, and messing with me. <laughs> like, Oh, they're hilarious. No, yeah. they, they've messed with me. Oh, like I was doing a, a ceremony and I had my own kintu, right? And I had placed something and it was totally covered up and I couldn't find it. And so like, then I, I, I made a new one. And then when I found it, I'm like, well, now I have to add like an extra one. So what am I going to call in? And I, I decided to do something more. Well, they gave me the inspiration, just call in all the spirits that want healing. I'm like, okay, man, that was like one of the most intense concerts because literally the whole room was packed with spirit people. And, and I, I was processing them more than the people that came for the concert. I'm like, guys, if you want to come back for another one, uh, you, you got it. But this was more about them because of what I called in. And so if you want to come to the next one on me, that's cool. Because <laughs> it, it, really, it really became about all of our, our spirit people and uh, the facilitation that we can do for them. And that's a great reminder, too. Like, it's not just physical people that might need healing. Like, what contribution can we be to the spirit world? Yeah, absolutely. And in a lot of uh, my sh shamanic journeys, I think a lot of, well, it depends, I think, where, where we're at. In the beginning, when I was journeying, there was a lot of time where I just was, uh, there was a lot of healing that happened for me, and, the, and there still is. Um, but uh, at a certain point, 
But for a long time, uh, I really wasn't doing a lot of work for myself. I was traveling to all different realms in spirit, uh, places similar to like here on Earth, um, and, but then also like far off planets, other realms, parallel versions of Earth, etc. And the work that I was doing was to help to heal uh, and, and act as like a mediator and all kinds of things for these other beings that were in need of help. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's something that I think some people don't really consider when getting into this work is it's not just about physical humans. There are many very real co-creational beings and spirit that also need our aid. And because you were used the word mediatorship or a mediator, I want to bring up that in the Alice Bailey work, uh, which is a lot of channelings from a particular, um, uh, monk, I believe it's a monk, but anyway, uh, they said that at the time when physical mediumships first started, it was needed just to kind of help prove the continuity of life, but that was going to shift from mediumship into mediatorship, if I remember the correct term, where mm -hmm. it, it's more of like of a facilitation and and that uh, that kind of role. So just the fact you used that word, I wanted to throw that out there for you for your consideration. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I'm, uh, where was I going with that? Sorry to be to derail you. <laughs> it happens a lot. Oh yeah, it does. It's all good. All all pukliai. <laughs> um yeah, if anyone else has words while my words start to come back. <laughs> well, just a note for those of you just joining us, um, you can also always make comments and we can uh, we, we don't have any rules of having to stay on topic, obviously. Uh, so if you have a comment or a question, it could be anything. There's nothing off limits. Uh, you can feel free to offer that and we can speak to it. And if we do say we make comments, just as a reminder, it does not roll through to my personal Facebook profile or Casey's. You can only see comments that we make on either the Sonic Shaman Bay page that YouTube channel or HHH. Uh, uh, for some reason, uh, the program we're using doesn't let us post comments to our personal profiles. Ironic. We can see your comments, but we can't post back, which is just kind of odd. But it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I can see. Oh, wait. I I can go to live comments and see. Yeah, comment. you, you can see comments, but you can't comment back. So I know we have Sue joining us uh, saying me again. <laughs> so I'm glad that you found us uh, again. And if you are watching this for the first time, we do this every day right now. And for the near future, we're going to continue doing it every single day. And we have all kinds of different topics. Uh, so like uh, the last time we had Jameis on, on which is kind of like what we started uh, today with. Oh, did I have it? Oh, I have it in the background. So you can see the kind of that we had a whole thing about the runes that might be more appropriate for today because that's what we're talking more on. But uh, we have all kinds of different topics. So if you go through our YouTube channel, go to the archive, you can see that we will have uh, we had like Jill Matson on doing something on COVID-19. We had Crystal Skulls uh, talking about all kinds of fun information. So it's not just um, it's something different every day. So go I, had a, check it out. I, tr I traded readings with Michelle yesterday. And that was so magical. She she has such clear communication with those crystal skulls. It's like I I got the sense that she can communicate with them more clearly than most of us can communicate with other humans. <laughs> it could be. She That's really awesome stuff. Like those crystal, the crystal skulls. Like I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but just from previous knowledge that I've known, the crystal skulls are some crazy, crazy energy, like energy to this world. Like oh yeah, if certain like there's like so many that are the really large ones and if they're brought in proximity of each other they start to glow Ooh. and like it's it mind-blowingly interesting stuff <laughs> and actually i'll be right back i gotta go grab one since we're talking about it i'll go grab texay which means cosmic and kachua uh i'll be right back awesome <laughs> 
But yeah, um, she uh, she was talking about what you talked about when these skulls come together. Um, I guess the more ancient crystal skulls. Uh, she was talking about how they have um, like a certain number of you can think of it as like like bands of energy, almost like bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And like the, the more ancient ones, she's, I think it was like they have like sixteen bands of energy that they like can communicate with. And then these newer ones don't have as many. But if you bring the newer skulls in with these more ancient skulls, they like sort of attune to each other's energy, and then the the new ones gain more of these bands of energy. That's uh, really cool. And here yeah. is Texe. It's a little lapidolate, and it has um, an Amaru oh. on top of Serpent. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Gorgeous. And then I also brought one. This isn't a, a crystal, per se. This is Lava Rock. Wow. Is that the first one you got? I got all three at the same time. Oh, did uh, you? And I, I didn't plan to get them, but um, Melissa had brought them back from a gem show, and I got very strongly that if I didn't buy them, they were going to be separated, and they didn't want to be separated, so I ended up getting them. And I use them on my Mesa spread. I have one by each one of the staffs, which represents the three worlds. So in a sense, each one holds the energy, one for the lower world, one for the middle world, and one for the upper world. It's kind of how I, I have them assigned to hold energy during ceremony. Oh, I love it. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, this little guy, I love him. It was so cool. I, I, I really wanted something like with a snake on it, and Melissa found uh, the perfect skull to bring back for me. Oh, that's so cool. And I was told that I, uh, there's a skull waiting for me that's going to show up. And that, I, <laughs> and it, and that when it shows up, it's not even going to be a question. I'm just going to be like, oh, yep, uh, yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> so <laughs> excited for that. <laughs> I know there's a really nice Labradorite one over at the Goddess Elite right now. I feel I like the, just, I feel like Labradorite came up in the reading. Oh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like he, he, it's a beautiful piece, and I can't believe it hadn't been sold yet. But it's kind of like if it's meant for you, like no one else is going to see it there on the table. Everybody <laughs> just passes it by until the right person comes along. That's either going to it's for them, or it knows that this person's going to buy me, but it's going to get me to the person that I need to work with. Yeah, yeah. And Labrador, Labradorite is an extremely beautiful stone to begin with by itself. Yeah. There's so many gorgeous stones out there, but that no, that's one of my top favorites. Yeah, they're all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've grown. I grew up with a very large amount of crystals around me at all times. My dad was very drawn to them. We had a 300 pound amethyst. I had. Uh, I've seen the dude. Yeah, yeah, and like we still, my mom still has it. I got talked her into keeping that, and like actually. Not in the room anymore, but um, I have like my stone is uh, citrine, and I have a like a three foot tall citrine geode. I just oh, can't yeah. have it around the baby because she just wants to grab it, and we realized that she could start to reach for it through her crib. And I'm like, I I would feel so bad if she cut her hand on it. Uh oh, but did you? No, you're you're. I think you're good. Oh. oh no! I did freeze, but what? Because by the time I asked, said that it was like a thirty-second delay. Oh, or something <laughs> like that. Oh no! Sorry, go on. You were saying you're afraid of her um, cutting her hand. On the... Yeah, yeah. So it's like I moved into another part of the house, but man, that's like the amount of stones. My like dad literally had thousands and thousands and thousands of crystals. It's like I think actually I finally got someone to take i had like a 600 pound quartz crystal like rose quartz and i'm like i don't know what to do with this thing like how like how am i gonna even move it it took me and like four other people to get it on something so that we can move it 
And then we actually had to get, uh, like, we couldn't get it in the trucks. We had to go get something to pull it on. <laughs> it's just so heavy. Oh, man. Yeah, that thing sat in our garden for, like, 15 years. And it was just such an amazing rock. And when my mom had to move, I'm like, you can't just leave that in the garden. you got to find someone that will enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and I know um uh oh someone oh it's you, Hank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that confused me. So you can't see it, Jameson, but down here people pop up, or maybe you can. Who Not are that I can see. Join. And um Hank popped up down there, so that confused me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the reason yeah. I did that is I can take this uh the other device on a field trip to my office to look at crystals. Oh, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if it's through you, Hank, but I'm hearing. You are. That's me. Okay. <laughs> so I'm hearing my voice. Because the stream, the stream is um, now. You should be stopped. <laughs> oh, all kinds of pookly eye today. <laughs> well, it was a good thing in theory. I'm going to kick myself from the studio. Okie dokie. Bye. -bye. Bye bye. It was a good idea in theory. I think I have to practice that once to make sure I can do it without a hitch next time. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Well, I I have like these really beautiful uh, geodes and stuff in my office, and when we're talking about crystals, I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to be just be able to take the iPad over and uh, show it on cam or whatnot, but it didn't quite work out. <laughs> we should definitely have a conversation about crystals and the energy that they help bring into the, the world. Like, there's just so many beautiful crystals. I absolutely adore them. I, I really wish I could have uh, had, like, kept more of my father's collection, but that's that's not for me to decide. You know, it's my mother's collection, and I'm grateful for the ones that she did allow me to have. Like, the citrine was specifically from my father, and he was a, a Scorpio like me, so it really means a lot to me to have a piece of like what I consider him, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, they do the crystals. Uh, part of the reason the skulls are so powerful is because they are made of these different crystals and crystals are, um, they hold the, like energy that we can actually program them with. And they will continue to, um, uh, they will continue to, do the work and carry the intentions that we put into them. Uh, even if we're not like actively focusing on that, they continue to do all kinds of stuff. And I was talking to uh, Michelle about it. She kind of agreed that uh, all these crystals, the way that they're, they're the structure is so complex, like on a molecular level that it's almost like, uh, like a structure of uh, like neurons, like in our brains. And it's like this communication network that almost happens. And um, uh, so, yeah. So I think, um, uh, crystals can be an excellent way to connect with um, the divine, various spiritual beings. But then you said, like, you feel a connection to your father. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, like, a crystal could be a, a way for, uh, you know, him to, like, really shine his energy through to uh, connect with you, especially if it's a crystal that you both really, you know, had bonded with. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I wish that I sensed him more often, but I, my father was a very, uh, spiritual man i do believe he is out there just exploring the universe at like mock speeds and um <laughs> as far as i've felt him in my in my daily life like i've maybe felt him like once or twice in like the 10 years he's been gone he doesn't make many stops on earth anymore <laughs> <laughs> well i was thinking about that the one day i was walking through the the forest uh, around here and i look and i'm like man 
and I was just kind of remembering some of the other national parks I'd been to and uh, like Alaska and all this stuff. And I thought, man, you know, I'm like, this really is an extremely beautiful planet. And I'm like, you know, once, once the physical shell is shed, I'm definitely going to stop here from time to time and just walk around the forests. It also makes you wonder if like, if our planet is this gorgeous and so beautiful, like it's impossible for there not to be other gorgeous planets out there it's just it's impossible like statistically there's no way that there's not more beautiful places out there and just like the once you do ascend to that spiritual form i can't wait to check them out <laughs> you, you can you can check them out now you're you're very good at journeying and um I'll, i can tell you firsthand experience i've been to all kinds of incredibly beautiful planets and um uh if if you're interested in setting up a session for journeying we can focus on and uh, traveling to some other beautiful worlds. Yeah, I I'm definitely would love that, man. Like, And how many people might have already visited beautiful worlds in their dreams and not recognized it that they were journeying to somewhere else? I remember right. as a kid, there was like this one place that I, I, I would just kind of visualize and I would just like being there like floating out in space on this asteroid and then years later like watching an episode of star trek like i saw the same scene that i had uh, used as a kid and there it was on tv and it's like whoa <laughs> i thought that was just in my head but <laughs> they, put it, they created it uh on a tv show so you never know what you might be imagining that's real right and that artist yeah. that helped design that could have been there on a dream or yeah spiritual journey and then it was like oh this is gonna be perfect for this scene i can remake this for people to enjoy. Absolutely. I, I believe a lot of people have gone to different realms, different spiritual areas, and just never known that they had visited these places. Like dreams are such a complex thing. Like, it took me years to get good at being able to recognize that I'm dreaming. And like now I do it almost every time I have a dream. It's like, oh, welcome to the dream world. Time to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> I um there that was one of the things that first started to shift my view of reality was when I um I mean this is I think like 12 years ago or more when I started to really get into lucid dreaming um and uh, I remember years and years before this I had a friend who we were in grade school and he was telling me yeah my uncle's into this thing where you can uh realize that you're in a dream while you're dreaming and you can uh, you know, do all this stuff. You can like control the dream and all that. I remember thinking, I'm like, no way, that's not possible at all. I'm like, there's no way that's a real thing. And then years later, what came across it and just, I don't know how, um, but I'm like, oh my God, this is the thing that people actually do. So uh, I, I, the first thing you do is to start to practice with like dream recall, right? Because yep. that's something we, we may be having all these experiences where we're traveling to other realms and or, or, or becoming aware of our dreams and doing all this stuff. But if you don't remember it after you wake up, then, you know. Right, right. And dream right. journals are an amazing way to start moving in the right direction for lucid dreaming. Like you, you got to get your set time aside after you dream that right in the morning or right in the afternoon, whenever you take that nap or have that dream to write down enough specifics so that your brain kind of keeps it there. Cause it like, that was the, one of the biggest struggles I had with myself was realizing I was dreaming. And so I found that once I started to write them down, my mind would recall this once I get into a dream and then it helped slow down that startle moment you get when you realize you're dreaming and that yeah. popped you out of it. And it like, it's almost like it slowed down the thought process just enough so I stayed there. And then it was just like the whole world and universe opened up to me and I was able to do anything, literally anything. 
Except for fly. I still haven't quite figured that out. I can do really long and high and far hops. The jumping thing? I, I've done so many times in dreams. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like this just like giant space jump or something. Yeah. yeah. Like in the Matrix, right? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely. By the end of the movie, he flew, though. So I'm sure it's in, in the script for you at some point. It's oh, yeah. Of, I think it's just getting like... I think what holds me back on that is my own mind. Like, cause I know I can do it, but I don't know if it's like, maybe the, like I used to have a real, real heavy fear of heights, which I no longer have, but I wonder if like subliminally, I still have a bit of that. Cause like every time I do these long hops or I've like done like glides and I've gone really far, as soon as I'm headed back to earth, I'm like, Oh shit, this is going to hurt. And <laughs> then it doesn't. And it's like, okay. So it's like, I, I just have to break over that that hump in my dreams to take off. <laughs> and I know one of the, the, the most reoccur, whether it was lucid or not the most, most of the time it's, I'm not lucid. I'm not aware that I'm dreaming, but um, the most reoccurring theme I've had in my dreams since I was a, a little kid as, as far back as I can remember, uh, I've periodically had dreams where I discover the ability to use telekinesis. And, um, and it, it, uh, it goes sort of like a similar way each time where I'm in the dream and then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I can like feel this object. And then all of a sudden, like I lift it up and like, it's like levitating or something. And then I go, Oh, I figured out how to do it finally. And then I just sit there and I like play around with it. But the thing that sparked that was interesting is uh, like throughout my dreams, there are some dreams where like, if I'm using like say telekinesis, for example, and some dreams I really struggle just to like lift a, like a coin, like a penny off of a table. And then in other dreams um, where I've been a little more conscious, I can uh, like slow down and shift the way that I'm, I'm controlling it. And then like I've lifted an entire house that I was in uh, like off of the ground, like up into the sky and like lifted like helicopters and cars and all kinds of <laughs> like crazy things. But again, but then others, it's like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm in the dream space, but then it's like that little tiny thing. It's like, I can't get it to move, but I have noticed it's uh, so maybe this will help you a little bit, Jameson. It's being in the, in the space of like really allowing and, and relaxing uh, that, that those abilities become a lot more powerful for me. So like, for example, if I'm, if I'm trying to levitate or like fly, um, if I sit there and I'm trying to like, like use power to like shoot myself off, uh, then I, you know, I may just, float a little bit and then it's like I get exhausted and I come back down. But then instead, if I completely like surrender to the experience and just relax and enter the space of allowance and then um, just kind of like gently set this intention that I'm going to start to like levitate or fly and then just allow the experience to happen in a completely relaxed way, then it's like effortless and I'm just, and then I'm off after that. <laughs> maybe, maybe try that and see how that goes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. My dream last night, I was stuck picking up lighters and drawing a midget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what was up with my dream last night. It was just weird. Like I was, my neighbor had a party and um, picking up all these extra lighters that were in her lawn and, then I went inside and there's two midgets who wanted me to draw them for some movie. So I was making doodles and yeah, it was, it was a little strange. My wife was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Dreams are amazing. They're so fun. Now, for me, uh, I know a lot of people who do spiritual work, they get a lot of their, uh, or not work, the, you know, whatever, their passion, the things that they practice. Um, they, they receive a lot of their information and uh, they feel like they're getting a lot accomplished in the dream space. And as much as I talk about journeying and like visiting these far off places and all the amazing things I've done, I really don't, I, I don't feel like I, well, at least I don't recall it. But the dreams aren't the way that I do that. It's through journeying, and I'm fully awake when this is happening. But I exit my body and travel other places. But right. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not like asleep, unconscious, and dreaming. Spiritual, like spiritual journeying, is like the perfect lucid dream. It really, like, that's what it feels like for me. And like, I, I love that it is just like it's a, a space where you can literally concentrate on anything you could ever imagine and do, and really connect with. The spirit and like dreams are more of just like a subliminal here you go off you go this is you know like but um i do believe that a lot of um like your main dreams that you have at night are there to help you connect with spirits maybe on a level that we don't exactly see right away i know that one of like my most vivid dreams was what got me into the spiritual and like i i got baptized because of that dream specifically and like the dreams can lead to such spiritual awakenings. And I do believe that that was one of the steps towards my spiritual awakening. Yeah, absolutely. And I know real communication definitely does come through from the spirit world in our dreams. But um, yeah, but it is, it, like you said, it's a different space. It's a different type of communication than that which happens when we journey. Uh, it, for me, journeying is... Um, how to describe it. I definitely get this sense that I'm really, uh, hmm, maybe that's not the right way to put it. <laughs> there is no right way to put it. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, it's, it's when I'm journeying versus dreaming, journeying is more uh, like I know for sure, like I can feel I'm communicating with these other beings, receiving a really clear communication. And it's as if I'm, uh, you know, is if I'm communicating with humans, like like you guys, we can have this kind of conversation, this level of like so, uh, sort of realism. There's not the same kind of continuity and the senses aren't the same, um, except for recently they've started to become a little more like that. Um, but then in dreams, at least my dreams, they are all over the place and all kinds of like just chaotic, weird stuff that I'm like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm sure if I really sat down, like things would start to, you know, there'd be some synchronicities, but some, I mean, are just so so bizarre but then i've had other dreams where like i have traveled to other planets and things and um experienced some really powerful stuff um yeah i think um spiritual journeying is like communication it, like between you and the spirit world and then dreaming is more of an incoming communication like you have less like i it's very powerful but you have less like ability to communicate back it's more you're just on the receiving end. At least that's how I feel with yeah. my dreaming. I think it could go either way. Everybody <laughs> has different experiences with it. I think yeah. you can, like, just like a muscle when you develop intuition, if you start to develop your dream muscles, if you will, yeah. uh, you, can, you can have more and more different experiences. And, I, and there is something to be said, too, just from how the physical body of, what happens in REM sleep and how like long-term memory, short-term memory goes to long-term memories and stuff like that, that there is a higher amount of maybe things getting worked out in the other than conscious but it's right. also layered it's like a lasagna right so like <laughs> while you're dreaming there's like what's going on here with your memories and like 
you know, getting your short-term to long-term memory. Then there's what's going on in the astral. Then there's what's going on. It's like the, all the layers of lasagna are happening at the same time. And if you discipline your consciousness and your awareness, you could actually have like you, what you, what sounds like to me is happening with Casey is he's aware of all these different layers of the lasagna at once. And, <laughs> and, and you just haven't quite like uh, focused on one particular thing and it looks chaotic, but if you were to look at it layer by layer, it might make more sense. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. You're ta you're taking a bite out of the whole lasagna. You're not yeah, yeah. You gotta, layers of the lasagna. Yeah, when I was a kid, I would I would peel off each layer and eat it individually. You know, I would dissect my chef by RD ravioli. You know, so you gotta just eat one little layer at a time. <laughs> but I tell you, I don't know. Maybe Hank, you can talk to this a little bit. Uh, I think this would be we're kind of on the topic. But um, in my shamanic journeying, um, for and I've been doing it since I was a kid. But there has always been this sort of um, sense that I like I know that I'm journeying and um, the senses don't come through in exactly the same way that like my physical sight and touch and other things happen. Um, they're very vivid and very real in many and most of my journeys. But again, it's not the same as like the physical senses. But after that ceremony we had in this partnership, <laughs> um, I was lying in my bed and this portal over here opened up next to me and there were these caros on top of the mountain in the Andes and they were like, come on over here. So I proceeded to have this journey with them. And um, there were moments where I forgot that I was there in spirit. And I, because I mean, looking out at this mountainous landscape and um, I mean, just, I just, I remember the scenery, every little detail was, it was as if exactly like I was seeing it with my physical eyes. And I remember at one point just touching the ground and I could feel every little blade of grass and the everything was exactly like I was physically there. So maybe you can touch on why I had that experience right after the initiation a little bit or, or whatever you feel comes through about that. Well, why you, cause you were ready to have the experience. Uh, <laughs> one of the things. And uh, just a question to ask you and maybe it's relevant or not, but truth, were you using somebody else's body for a short time? Oh, uh, were you a walking for a short time? Was up you were you borrowing a body of the caro? Now, <laughs> okay, I have to think about that because <laughs> they were addressing me and um, well, they knew that you were borrowing someone's body. If that's the right, case. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so like, 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 because uh, that's not an unknown concept. But like, if you were having tactile sensations, though, it may be possible to have that in total spirit. Like, the physical body is designed for that. And if you were having that real of an experience, I have to wonder: Did you simply co-occupy or or be in another body for that period of time to work with those caro on that level? Maybe, maybe not. I may have. No, yeah. now that you say that, that. That, yeah, that, that was the first inspiration that came to me was to ask that question. <laughs> okay. So nothing, but then, yeah, if, I mean, if, and I know it's possible for them to Ooh, be. Did he just die or here? What's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I clicked anything, but. <laughs> I didn't click anything. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> wow. We got some strong energy coming through. Oops. Oh, he says, I think my internet went out. Oh, um, no. Message him. Well, if you <laughs> get it back, hop back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. You know, for some reason, energetically, I thought I just did that somehow by accident. <laughs> Maybe you did. Maybe you killed his internet. <laughs> Not on purpose. Well, there you, know, is. you know, it kind of reminds me of last week we were talking about how you wish you could just, like, hit someone and knock them out of their body. Yeah. <laughs> you just knocked me out of the room. <laughs> well, in that moment, I just moved my left hand, like, towards the keyboard on my laptop, and I didn't push any buttons. But in that moment, you went away, and it, there was such a correlation between my hand movement and you going away. I thought I did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I was like, what? Oh, but our internet here is just the wonkiest thing on the planet. Like, we'll have perfect reception for like weeks on end. And then the one time we want it to work, it doesn't want to. I, well, it sounds like it's perfect. If you wanted it to work, it lacked working. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just speaking to put that in context, if people aren't aware, um, we use the word want, the energy of the word want interchangeably with the word desire, but want really means to lack, like rich people want for nothing. So just be, you know, people can use it energetically the correct way with using the wrong word and sometimes not. So just drawing it out there in case you weren't aware of if you want money, maybe you lack money and how to change your word choice around to put out a different energy to the universe. Oh, but now I'm really curious about this. I'm going to have to ask those caros next time they pop up. And well, like, hey, and did, you, did you look at your hands? Did you yeah. look at your feet? Oh, like, oh, in, well, no, I, I, I had my, my body looked like my body. And actually that was one of the things that happened is I should, when I first, when I normally journey, um, the form that I take is, uh, is of an angel because that's where I, I'm, I'm, that's how I'm used to journeying. That's where I come from before earth. Um, and I showed up in that form and one of them hits me on the stomach and is like, that's not what you look like right now. And then I became like this physical body, but I was naked. <laughs> and then they all <laughs> laugh. And they're like, oh, look at this idiot. And then, they hit me again, and then I had my clothes on. They're like, oh, that's better. Now we can hang out. You know, it reminds me of in the Matrix movie where he's like, it's your digital pro or your projection of your digital self or something, like how he shows up in the Matrix. Yeah. And so, anyway, just a fun thought. But it really, I wonder I, what comes to me is maybe you were just borrowing a physical body for a short moment. And I could have been. I mean, it was so, yeah, I've ne I haven't experienced anything like that really. That was. And I remember just at one point sitting there and I even closed my eyes in this space and it was just the, like, I could feel like the blood moving through my veins and everything. It was so, oh, some, man, wow. some poor dude in the Andes is like, I think I just got possessed. Well, there is, well, that's getting ahead of ourselves in the apprenticeship, but we'll have a weekend uh, diving into that. You're just making me more excited now. Uh, <laughs> we could have a whole episode just on walk-ins and dual occupants and all that kind of thing, which is a whole nother, uh, for some people, an uncomfortable, and not uncomfortable, it's just way out of the left field, but it's definitely a thing. Hey, we've already been pretty out of the left field for a while. In this <laughs> it's true. But we don't know fine. who's tuning in, you know, like they could be in the Bible belt and like never heard any of this stuff. And they're about to get yelled at from their parents for watching crap on the YouTube. Or, <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> I, I heard blood <laughs> sacrifices. And it's too late. <laughs> well, hey, they, they knew what they were getting into. They turned into stir, stir crazy shamans, not, um, you know. Uh, oh, true. Yeah. Like on our station name, like if you, you know, stir crazy shamans, what do you expect to find? <laughs> and if you're out of if you're not comfortable then you had an expectation and you're having resistance and that's cool because right. now it's in your consciousness and you can't unknow it i love that that was the moment though that you brought up some people might be like the whole blood sacrifice thing nothing was mentioned and then you know dual occupants oh no people might be uncomfortable with that <laughs> i love that that was the moment that you chose to say that yeah, well, I, I brought it up on the other things too. Um, so now we got a little funny thing from uh, YouTube here. Someone, oh, Faith Elizabeth, she's laughing at that. Well, I'm glad you think it's funny, Faith. <laughs> well, but different people get triggered from different things, and you never know. Uh, right. and, and if you ever are watching us and we come across something that isn't comfortable, instead of shutting down to it, ask, well, what is it about this that I'm not willing to receive or acknowledge or what different vocabulary do I need to use to make it palatable for me? Because the information 
the words are just a limitation on conveying yeah. a much greater concept. Casey always talks about it, the words point to an energy, right? And so we're just pointing to an energy and label it whatever you like, uh, if, it, if it makes it more comfortable. But one thing that you never want to do, never want to do, is to shut yourself off from an idea because if we are all one, to shut off from any one thing is to cut a piece of yourself off and then you'll never be whole. So it's, that's a great way to put it, man. It's like communication is like the nerves of this giant body that we are. And in this physical form, we're limited by speech and like not completely. Some people have under, understand different ways of like communicating with, you know, spiritual, with the physical, with using your eyes, your mouth, not with, not with just words, but it's like the, we're all the different cells and we have to communicate to each other in this one body. And if you just shut off that communication, you're blocking yourself off and you're literally killing part of you, which isn't healthy at all. And only, I think is extremely unhealthy. Um, you have to communicate, right. even if something, especially if something is bothering you. Right. And that's really the art of allowance. We talked about it before. Like um, it's, it's an access concept in a way. It's an old concept. But the way I like to say this is access word verbiage that if you align and agree with or resist or react to anything, you're relating to it instead of creating to it. And in the space of allowance, everything can just be. And then you can choose who you're going to be in creationship to it. So it's it's really you let everything be as it is. Don't shut yourself off to anything. But with true awareness, you can make the choices that will create the greatest possibility for you. But if you shut it off on one thing, then you just don't have one piece of information that might have changed everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing this because I can go back and like some things when I say it, like I know I'll never remember it the same way again or if I wanted to duplicate it. Like now I can go back and actually watch what did I say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or what Casey says. <laughs> I, we all have our own little niches of how to speak to something really well. And I like curious awareness I love is one of Casey's. Yeah, curious awareness. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know if I came up with that or if that was from someone someone else. But Yeah, everything kind of blends together because we're one man. You know? Yeah, we are. We're all one. So I came up with like everything, really. <laughs> it was all me. It's all you. You're the only one in the room and so are we. Kingdom of we instead of the kingdom of me, except it's really kingdom of I. <laughs> Unless it's not. Until it is. <laughs> which brings me to one of my other favorite uh, little quotes from Neil Donald Walsh. In the absence of that which you are not, that which you are is not. <laughs> uh, <love it. laughs> uh, and Mike's too, saying he's pot and pock and all that, meaning destroying and uncreating everything that doesn't allow all that craziness to happen. <laughs> Cool. Well, we're coming up on the hour mark. Uh, is there any final words? Or I mean, we can also go over a little bit if we feel there's something else to speak to, but I'm just throwing it out there because we're coming up on our signature hour mark in the stream here. Um, yeah, Jameson, anything that comes through? Well, we were all over the place. So I don't even know. Right. No, I, I had something earlier, and then it just we went on to another topic and it's like in the back of my brain. I can't quite find it yet. Um, so sadly yeah. I, I'm yeah. We could I'll, I'll find it later. episode and have like 10 separate standalone episodes just from the things that we bounced around on today. See, these are my right. favorite ones though. I love these where we just jump into all different directions. That's oh, yeah. And like you, like you said, Hank, we, we can later on, we should watch these episodes <laughs> and then like, Hey, hey, we should talk more about this and like come back to it. Oh. And these kind of the like these episodes are us spitballing ideas, and then we can make yeah. more. 
Well, we can definitely those. do that. But the other thought that just came to me is uh, with editing, we could actually make a, like best of episodes, like the best of the best of all the stir crazy shamans and just cut and splice it. Uh, how cool would that be? Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> like if we're ever going to miss an episode, it's like how they do it on the radio. They have like the best of days. So like they're still on air. So like we're on vacation somewhere, like here's a best of today. We can do that every week. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but they do that on the, some of the, the shows on the radio, like on the weekends, they have like the best of throughout the week and they use it as a hook to get people to to watch them during the week or, or listen to them during the week or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I listen to so, so much, much radio. That. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. But any, uh, uh, any other comments, thoughts, or if you're watching and you have a topic or a question, uh, Mac, uh, I think Mike has aliens on the brain and skulls because he's just going crazy with the uh, emojis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I kind of remember dragons. that thing I was thinking about. <laughs> okay. So, um, like, we were talking earlier about different cultures having similarities. And I always wondered what kind of spiritual connection these people had with each other without even knowing. Because they have exactly the same ideals, same thoughts, same experiences in different parts of the world that they had no direct communication for. And like you had mentioned earlier, Casey, about like, did Christianity steal this from them or was it going on at the same time? And like, you can see in like the Indian cultures, the Chinese cultures, the, and like the Native American cultures, the South American cultures, they all had very, very similar experiences around the same time. Like there's the concept of like a sky war that if you look into like every religious book they all had it around the same time like what were they seeing was this on a spiritual level was it on a physical level and or just an awareness right an awareness of it and i wondered like if it's the spiritual connection of all of us already being connected that helped them to perceive this even though they maybe visualized it differently and they're just trying to communicate it their way but it's ex like the exact same experience to each of them across thousands and thousands and thousands of miles uh that's kind of what popped into my head earlier and i just i'm so curious yeah. about that spiritual connection to well, people across the universe and also with time and space and everything could their awareness be of something that was happening at a different time even though they're being aware of it in that moment it could have been something years in the future or the past or somewhere right hands in the galaxy yeah. you just uh you never know but i do believe that we have all this inspiration out there and it's just some people are um, tuning into it more so than others. Like if you just take the light bulb as an example, when it got patented, like right after that, like five, I don't know how many other people, a lot of other people, like shortly after all were coming to the patent office to patent the same idea. So the idea of electricity, the idea of the light bulb was out there in the ethers and multiple people were receiving it. Right. It's just a question of who gets it out. Uh, fast, uh, quicker. And in Neil Donald Walsh's book, one of the things they say, it's not a question of who God talks to, it's more of a question of who's listening and who's being yeah. receiving and allowing. Uh, but yeah. we're all connected and it's all coming through and we're just processing it through the different filters of ego from our past experiences. So it comes out differently, like in right. Indian culture, Chinese culture. I, I think I talked last week that if Reiki had been discovered in Peru, it would have been called Kanchai because they're looking through the filters of the South American traditions. Yeah. And it came through in Japan, so it was called Reiki. And and uh, you know, we're just putting different filters on it and then getting into arguments because we have different filters. Yep. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. It's the, 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 the arguments happen because of people being unable to communicate their exact thought the right way, but not the wrong way. I mean, the right way for other people. So like 
their ego is also a wall that's blocking them from accepting what you're saying and vice versa. And, and yeah, well, it's hard I, to explain in words. <laughs> well, and now uh, they're, we're having all these prophecies of the Rainbow Tribe and the uh, White Buffalo that Casey talked about last time. And now we're in the space of being able to be an allowance, I, I would hope. Uh, there's more and more tolerance, uh, openness yeah. about uh, accepting or allowing other people's beliefs. Uh, still, we have work to go, obviously, but right. uh, like if we were talking about what we're talking about today, a couple hundred years ago. Oh, we would have been. We, we would be, uh, yeah, who knows what would have happened to us. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, and I, there's sort of this parallel, like I've seen, where uh, we have this sort of collective uh, consciousness uh, arising, where people from all over the planet are having spontaneously these spiritual experiences from many different cultures. And then on a physical level, we have this communication network, like the internet that we have, where we have access to information to uh, uh, so many different cultures. And so, um, yeah, so we're, uh, there's interconnectedness happening technologically and then also spiritually. And um, I, it's funny, it's it depending on who you talk to. Like some people will talk about how, oh, you know, like the world's, we're, we're all becoming so much more distance and lost in technology. And, you know, we're just getting further and further away from like, you know, uh, true values and whatnot. And then I listen to those people and I said, really? Because that's not my experience with reality. I'm experiencing more and more people every day that I talk, even just chance encounters that I talk to people. And these people are, you know, it may be someone who's never really talked about any of the sort of things that we talk about here. But, uh, you know, they talk to me because I'm in that space and they can sense that I'm not going to judge them. They say, you know what? You know, I, I've had these experiences that I just can't explain. And then they'll start to tell me. And I go, oh, yeah, this is exactly like, you know, this, this or this. They go, yes, that makes so much sense. So there is this sort of like, you know, they've been talking about at least this mass awakening that's happening. And um, I experience it more and more every day, more and more people starting to wake up to, um, you know, spirit. And uh, so, yeah, it's amazing to see the two parallels. Right. Though. Well, the thing is that point of view does create reality. And if that, if you start looking at it, like, oh my gosh, we're becoming so disconnected and you put that out to the universe and that's where you're focusing and that you're where your energy is going, you perpetuate that experience. So right. the question then would be, if you find yourself being one of those people, oh, we're losing ourselves, what could I be that would change this for me? Mm -hmm. What energy could I be that would change this for me? And, and start to focus on the things that what this technology could bring to you uh, in terms of creating possibilities in your life instead of creating that separation because uh, energy goes where your attention flows or energy right. flows where your attention goes. There we go. I almost said Another great example of that was when we were talking about earthbound spirits the other day. Like some people have the experience of earthbound spirits all over the place and I don't. My point of view creates my reality and I, I though I acknowledge that it doesn't surface for me as much as other people. Right. Yeah, no, I completely, I'm on the same boat with you, Hank. Like, I can communicate in journeying with spiritual beings in my everyday life. I have no connection to spirits, almost, well, like, at all. That's not what Hank was saying. Hank was saying that um, uh, in communicating with beings here or, or wherever, um, earthbound spirits, he means, like, uh, like humans that have died who have, like, unresolved yeah, issues yeah. up in heaven and all that. Uh, but but Hank is able to communicate with beings while he's yeah not and, I, and I have right and uh, I might have just used the wrong wordage but 
right. that's what I meant. Well, and, and my whole thing is out of context because I'm referring to another episode. So go check that one out too. Uh, Whichever one it is. <laughs> well, and the reason that that came up is because in mid sentence, as I was talking about it, I'm like, well, that's not true for everybody. Like I heard them telling me that. I'm like, oh, I need to put this in context because what I just said uh, isn't everybody's experience. And you really can create your own reality based on your point of view. So if you don't like what you're experiencing, start to shift your point of view on, on it. You shift your behavior to it and start to shift it and it will change hands yeah. down it will change it's just sometimes uh if you're if you've been going around the same circle perpetually for a long time it may feel a little bit hard but if you ask the right question if you can shift the energy in in a way even if, if you start a small incline to, to change yeah uh, you're gonna change your whole world over time if you're open to it and are persistent with it and that's the right. other thing where the universe we, we do ourselves a disservice because we'll put our intention out to the universe of what we would like to change but we change our mind every 10 seconds and yep. so to be consistent with your choice is the other part of that so you choose what you want to change what you're choosing to change and then be consistent with taking actions and doing whatever you need to do to consistently shift it Right. And visual realization works both ways. Like you were saying, if you believe in negative and focus on the negative, you're going to go in that direction. And the, the switch your thought process, the more positive you find that better things happen. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's really the only Satan seeing anything as negative Yeah, in, in terms of the polarity view. And the right. reality view, there is no positive or negative. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a joke. And yeah, the polarization. Polarization. <laughs> Yeah, and the way we describe it in shamanism, the Kara tradition, is hucha and sami, which doesn't even use positive or negative. It just means based on where you're at, does this feel heavy or does this feel light? And if you continue to choose what feels light in your world, you're going to create more lightness for you. And if you focus on what's heavy, then that's what you'll create. And it's so amazing how when you really start to focus on that, uh, how we have this incredible guidance system uh, built in of just like listening into what feels heavy and light. You know, um, it may start out as, you know, you can ask questions of certain things, you know, okay, I'm about to do this right now. Does this feel heavy or light for me to do? But then it like will translate into like really complex communication just from the simple, heavy light uh, sensation. So, yeah, it's fascinating to start yeah. to tap into that. The binary dialogue of the universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tension and realization. Get that down and everything else can unfold uh, with just that simple skill. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we're, we're coming up here a little over an hour. So um, uh, everyone, thank you so much for uh, watching and joining us. Please subscribe to Stir Crazy Shamans on YouTube if you're not already watching yep. from there. And in the description of today's video, if you click see more, I have links for Stir Crazy Shamans to subscribe. I have a link for uh, Shaman's Way, where Casey does a lot of meditations. And I have a link for Holistic Health and Healing. We do very different things on each channel. So if you don't want to miss anything that any of us are doing, uh, please subscribe to all three. And, um, and if you, yeah, you'll find it all then. <laughs> so yes, thank you so much for your energy and your attention. Thank you, Jameson, for being on with us. It's so oh, much my fun pleasure, again. man. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, out of place, though. I, I was thinking the other day, do I need to grow a beard? To fit yes. In? Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I need just to get a, a 
<laughs> I don't know. It's going to take me years to catch up to you guys. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, how about this? I'll what, shave what, it all off and we'll grow it at the same time. Or, 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 or what, what can I be? What can I allow? What can I do to manifest or actualize a giant beard within a matter of days? <laughs> well, Jameson, you're like this. I think I found a picture of Casey in, uh, as he ages here. I'll put it right up. <laughs> well, oh, I love uh, it. That's one of my mentors, Ken Harsh, but I really thought that, like, wow, this really could be Casey as an old man. Uh, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Who says past lives, future lives have to be, uh, maybe they're just different lives. Right. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Please like, subscribe. If you're watching it on Facebook and you're going to go back and do it on a replay to catch the beginning, uh, please start a watch party, help get the word out, and then share and subscribe on YouTube. It really helps us out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, Thanks, you, guys. Nike. Nike.